All right. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. I'm your host, Shannon LaRondell, and you're listening to Part of the Story, Red Deer Public Library's official podcast. I have an announcement to make today about our new website, and uh, it went live this morning. We changed over from our old uh, Red Deer Public Library website to a brand spanking new beautiful one. It is new and improved, and it should help everybody that goes to it define the things that they're looking for much easier than the way it used to be. Uh, there's lots of different pathways to find the information. Um, so I encourage everyone to head out and check it out. rdpl.org is the website address, same as before that hasn't changed but uh, go and check it out and see what you think see if you can find all the things that you were missing um, before and if there's anything that you think that you can you know would like to see improved or tweak or anything like that you can always leave us a comment there's a place to leave comments um, and we can help improve it as we go um, things that are new sometimes um, you know, get off to a good start, but they do find problems as they go. So we really, really encourage your feedback and we encourage you to go and check it out. It's a, it's a new look for us. Who doesn't like a new look, right? All right, so the format for the podcast today. So I'm going to do an interview. We have two guests joining us. We're going to have a discussion with them and then we're going to wrap up as we always do with what we're reading, what we're watching and what we're listening to. So today I am joined by two people, Ainsley LaRondell and Claire Stangy. They are our summer reading club coordinators that were hired this year. So they started what, a month ago, would you guys say about? Yeah. And uh, they're busy organizing the summer reading club. And we offer a summer reading club through the library, as most libraries do, and it's usually through a grant that helps um, encourage literacy programs in libraries uh, during the summer so that kids don't lose touch, they don't lose their skills. Um, and in fact, Red Deer Public Library has expanded their program not to just touch uh, school age children, but also to move on to the teen section and even to the adults. So there's a lot to offer. So we're going to ask these guys a few questions about themselves. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what their plans are for the library. So welcome, ladies. I'm glad to have you on our podcast today. Thanks for having us. No problem. All right. So um, first, a little bit about yourselves. You're both post-secondary. So um, maybe I'll start with you, Claire. Let's talk about what program are you doing? Where are you going to university? What kind of, tell me about your academic self. For sure. Um, so I am in the Bachelor of Education Elementary program at Red Deer College. Um, and then I'm also, once I'm done a couple years at Red Deer College, I'm planning to transfer to the University of Lethbridge. And their education degrees there are combined with a Bachelor of Arts degree as well. So I'm also working towards a Bachelor of Arts in history. Um, and I just really, you know, learning history, that sort of thing has always really um, spoken to me. So I'm really excited to continue on this career path and see where it takes me. That's exciting history. I think a lot of people think a history is old, stuffy and boring, but a lot of the really exciting books that you can read now are basically are, are you know, all about our history, recent and very past, right? So it adds a, an element of that 
human exploration, anything history, because we yeah. like to do things as humans. Well, that's really exciting mm -hmm. for you. And this is your second year of university you've just fi finished? I just finished my first year, so I'll be starting oh, my second in September. Excellent. Okay. And all right, you said read your college. That's exciting. Did you find you were able to do online classes this year? Yeah, so all of my classes were online and thankfully I'm someone who's pretty self-directed in my work style. So time management, keeping on task was definitely not a challenge for me. And you know, I kind of liked being at home. You know, my dogs were right there. They were my study friends. And um, you know, I'm I'm hopeful to be back in the classroom in the fall. I'd like to see some other students because of course, being in my first year, I don't know anybody in my classes. So I have no idea what anybody looks like because nobody turned on their cameras. So hopefully we're back in the fall and then I can actually see people that I took classes with all this year. Uh, and who can relate to that? I'm sure many of us have done so many different Zoom meetings where we would really prefer not to turn on the camera. <laughs> for sure. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks, Claire, for sharing. Uh, we're going to move on, Ainsley. Um, Ainsley, tell us a little bit about your academic career. Where are you at? What are you doing? What are you studying? Yeah, so I'm also heading into my second year. I'm at the University of British Columbia um, in the Bachelor of Science program, hoping to major in environmental science. So nice. I'm looking Far forward away. to also... I am, yeah. <laughs> I like British Columbia a lot, so I wanted to move out there for university. Nice. Oh, that's really exciting. And uh, so what are you hoping to do with it? You said environmental studies? Yeah, environmental sciences. Um, I've always been really passionate about the environment. And so I just want to do something um, in my career that focuses on conservation or something like that. Oh, excellent. Oh, that's great. You and Claire should hook up. You can do historical conservation. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So then the next question I have for both of you um, is how did you find this library job? What attracted you to it? What's, what's special about that for you? Well, my mom is the one who sent me the advertisement for the job. She's on Twitter quite frequently and saw it on there. So sent it to me and you know, at first I really wasn't sure I was going to do anything with it. And I just was like, oh, like I'm kind of looking for a summer job, kind of not. And then when I actually took some time to sit down and look at the job description and what kind of qualities they were looking for, I was like, oh, like this is exactly what I want to be doing. This sounds like me. And it just worked out really perfectly. So, you know, I figured I might as well take the chance and apply. And, you know, if nothing comes of it, nothing comes of it. And then now here we are. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. What about you, Ainsley? My mom also sent me the advertisement for this job. She happens to work for the library. So is this the moment where we tell everybody that we're both LaRondels and that we're really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big reveal? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's exciting. So I also got word from my mom. Um, and then I realized like I had a lot of the qualifications for this job and I, I love working with children. So I was like, heck yeah, I'll apply. Oh, that's good. That's good. And I do know that they had quite a pool of very great candidates. So it was a very hard choice that they had to make. It sounded like there was a lot of qualified people who, you know, have what it takes, but you can only pick two. So um, the next thing that I have is, do you guys have any 
special little memories or little stories about the library. A lot of people say, oh, I was, you know, at the library as a kid, or they have sort of a special connection. And I'm wondering if either of you have anything like that that you want to share with us. Yeah, so actually on the first week of the job when we were attending the online story times and shadowing, I, you know, ended one and I came out and I told my mom, I was like, oh, I just watched story time with Deb. It was so much fun. And then she said, you probably don't remember, but you went to story time with Deb when you were three too. And I just oh. and I was like, this is too funny. So yes, I went to story time as a kid and did that with Deb. And of course she's still there. So that's a fun story. Um, oh, and so then cool. definitely, yeah. And I remember going to the library lots as a kid to pick out books and, you know, I would just browse the children's section and I had a few favorites that I checked out just about every single time. And one of them was a corduroy lift the flat book. That was oh. my favorite. And I, I swear that one was at our house more than it was at the library. <laughs> well, that's all right. You're welcome to hold it for us. That's so nice. Corduroy is so sweet, isn't he? Just the way he's drawn and how one of his buttons is undone. Like he's just so lovable. Oh, he that's is, a great yeah. choice. Nice work. And speaking of the children's department, I'm sure you are loving the history component in there. Have you been able to check out some of the historical significance of that building? Yeah, I read a little bit about it and I like went on a preschool tour, I think, when I was little. So I know that it used to be a fire hall and, um, and I definitely like working there and seeing kind of all the old features that you can see, like the older windows and where the doors for the fire trucks used to be. I think that's like very neat. So, yeah. Yeah, it speaks to me as well. It's great to work in there, but it just knowing that that building has served so many different roles in our community over the years from armory to fire hall to now library, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, we're privileged to work there. That's for sure. We are. What about what about you Ainsley? Where are you? What, do you have any fun memories of the library? I do. Yeah. I actually participated in the summer reading club as a kid and I remember bringing my blue sheet with all of my check marks over the boxes and bringing it into like the coordinators and oh and the, yesterday we were at the Daw branch and we were sorting through stickers and I actually saw the French Club de Lecture TD summer reading club stickers and I remember like wearing those proudly on my chest so I was like wow. Yes! <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's so fantastic. I'm glad you have that memory. That's <laughs> wonderful. Oh, that's so cool. Good. All right. I did something right, I guess. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. Um, so let's talk more about Summer Reading Club then. We now know a little bit about you two and what all the wonderful things you're bringing to the table, but maybe tell us some things that Summer Reading Club's going to bring to um Red Deer, what are we what are we looking at? What are we going to do? Yeah, so we have lots of fun stuff planned, of course, um, with this year and the pandemic, it's, you know, kind of hard to have a concrete plan. So when Ainsley and I sat down to try and decide like our theme for the summer and what we wanted it to be, of course, the library had already set the theme of out and about. And then we also kind of transformed that into a choose your own adventure theme. Um, because we really wanted to give families back their choice this summer. You know, we know that, you know, this last year 
has been a lot of you have to do this and you can't do this. And so we really just wanted to open up the program and let families decide what works for them so they can meet us outside. They can attend virtual programming. There's lots of online materials. Um, and then that way, we're just really hoping that we can engage with many different people in many different ways. Oh, that's interesting. That's good. Yeah, the pandemic and being out and about, I think, is is great because we do need to be out and about, even though we have been, you know, slightly locked down. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's tough to, to manage your everyday regular life. And if you can bring just a bit of normal back, that's that's where we need to go. So that's good. Um, what kind of uh, some of the highlights are you going to bring to people? What, what things can we look forward to, to doing? Speaking to what Claire said about um, bringing the Summer Reading Club in all platforms, um, I know a lot of people have been depending on like virtual um, resources during this pandemic as everything's online, um, but we wanted to also include people who don't have access to that. Mm -hmm. So the Summer Reading Club is actually putting on a lit line, choose your own adventure storyline. Mm -hmm. So you can call into the library and have a story read to you where you get to make all the choices um, and just with your cell phone, which I think is super cool. Oh, that's good. Is that for adults or kids? Everyone, everyone can call in. Um, there's a wide range of topics. They vary throughout the summer. So anyone can enjoy them and call in and choose oh, their own adventure. Good. A whole bunch of different stories. Choose your yeah. own adventure. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, I look forward to that. Are they going to change them often? Is there going to be a new story every day or how's that going to work? New story every week. So we've been very busy <laughs> writing them all. Uh, this past week and so yeah there'll be a new one every week excellent and you can call back each day of the week if you want to try out a different ending because the calls are unlimitless un you know oh that's so good because yeah if you didn't like the the ending that you got you can call back and yeah. try a new way oh how fun oh that's interactive how cool is that that's a great idea good job all right. Well, anything else that's happening? Oh, I, you have a book bike. I remember this. We've had this book bike for a couple of years now, and uh, it's a pretty fancy bike. So tell me about how you're going to utilize that this year. For sure. So we definitely know that we're going to have more flexibility with outdoor programming and being able to accommodate more people that way. So we have lots of plans to get our book bike around Red Deer. Um, so specifically in June, we're doing, we're calling it our book bike tour. Um, so we're trying to hit lots of different communities in Red Deer. We're going to do a total of 12 in June. And we're trying to target um, kind of all areas in the city. So we're doing some um, closer to Anders and Lancaster, some on the north end by Johnstone Park in Glendale. Um, and we're really just hoping to get the book bike out, get lots of people seeing it as they drive by so that they are easily like are able to easily recognize it when we're out. And then in July and August, we just have five parks that we're targeting. And then um, you are welcome to come to whatever park's closest. You know, maybe you want to see a new park you haven't been to before. So you travel to meet us there. Um, and we're hopefully going to do some story time, play some games and that sort of thing. Oh, that's fun. 
who's riding the book bike? Who's going to be driving it? Um, we are thinking Ainsley will be driving the book bike for the most part. Um, I actually just had ankle surgery at the start of March. So oh, we think yeah. it might be safer for Ainsley to take the bike in the trailer and I'll just go on my own bike behind her. <laughs> That's a smart plan. That It's a serious bike and it has a, a giant trailer. And I know um, from years past, uh, you can put a lot of books in it, but maybe I, I, everyone knows how heavy books are. So it could be quite the clunky monster, especially for getting up hills. How are you going to manage that easily? Well, the e-bike, it's actually, uh, the bike is actually an e-bike. Um, so it does come with that extra assist that we can just switch on if we do need assistance going up hills with the huge book trailer so. oh wow no kidding you might you definitely need that and then now that gyms are going to open up you're just going to work out and do massive squats so that you can yeah pretty much. <laughs> get everywhere in town. <laughs> oh, that's good <laughs> it's kind of like a, a job like a landscaper job hey you know to be out and about riding around you're getting all this quality exercise and fresh air and suntans oh it's brilliant Mm -hmm. <laughs> not what normal library workers would normally get so this is it's a good option for you guys good job well that's good anything else that we need to know about summer reading club it's for everyone right like it's not just about kids it you're trying to appeal to a whole bunch of different people right yeah we are the summer reading club um you know the way I've been viewing it anyway is it's more of a family experience than an experience just for kids so um, most of the activities that Ainsley and I are putting together are for three to 12 year olds. Um, but then we also have summer reading challenge sheets that can be picked up at any branch. And there's one for kids, teens and adults. So that way the whole family can partake in a summer reading challenge. You get reading together, doing other activities together. Um, and then also our hope with some of the crafts that we're putting together is, you know, maybe it turns into a family affair and everybody in the family comes together and has fun working on this craft. So I definitely think there's something for everybody with the summer reading club and it, it'll just be a lot of fun and easy thing to do throughout the summer. That's so good. Well, that's great. You guys sound like you have that well in hand. That's for sure. Awesome. All right, uh, let me see. Let's, let's move on to our next couple of questions here. Um, we're moving into the very sort of end part about reading, watching, and listening. Um, but I do have to say that it's been sort of an exciting, uh, weird time with the whole pandemic and being open and then being shut. And I know that you guys just recently joined in um, with the whole library situation and we've been closed the whole time um, we've been you've been here um, but I want to kind of just talk about that for a minute and how how you see the pandemic and and how that's it seems to be wrapping up it seems to be you know getting easier to manage but um, overall like even your jobs this summer but even moving into you know coming up next year and your studies and and where you'll head to um what kind of effects do you see the pandemic having now um on what's coming next for you and i know i just probably threw that out to you in the spur of the moment but i'm just i was thinking about it myself the other day and, and how you know, we're getting used to being very alone 
and um, even just let's say going out for a walk with one friend, right? And, and outside and being socially distanced and everything. And then when it comes time to everything opening up and now suddenly you can be surrounded by 15 friends outside and, or, you know, that kind of a thing. I, I think, are we going to be ready as people, as individuals, are we going to be ready for that social onslaught like we've had sort of so much distance and I wonder if some of us are going to feel a little you know heebie-jeebie-ish um, about going back to that normal as we sort of knew it so any thoughts on those kind of musings I'm just curious to see what other people are thinking out there yeah I definitely kind of agree with what you have said I think it's going to be strange going from oh you can't see anybody to all of a sudden you know, you're back in a classroom or, you know, a public space and there's lots of people around. So um, I know for me, like I'm very introverted. I like to, you know, have my space. I don't interact with a lot of people. So I think like in terms of that, there's probably some friends that I'll get together with a little bit more. Um, and obviously, hopefully school will be back. So I'll be seeing people there as well. But I don't know. Aside from that, I don't think my life is going to change too much. I mostly stay to myself I've said to my family I'm gonna have to start wearing a t-shirt that says like please don't hug me because I don't like hugging people anyway and then now I'm just not gonna want to touch anybody so I know there's gonna be lots of people that are just gonna start going around and giving everybody in sight hugs I'm like no that's not for me so I think that'll be the interesting thing is just like creating those personal boundaries when there's no mandates telling you what you can and can't do yeah, I was talking with somebody today and they had said that they're, they don't think that they will be stopping wearing their masks, even though that it'll be maybe cleared to do so at some point, you know, this summer. Um, even things like maybe wearing it on the plane as a general practice all the time going forward. There's just some things that we've learned that, you know, this hand washing, sanitizing, mask wearing business has saved the health of a lot of people for other um, diseases and illnesses. So that shouldn't be forgotten so easily, maybe. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, my hope anyway, is that you know, when people are sick, or they just have a bit of a runny nose, they might be more willing to wear a mask, just because, you know, even if it's just a cold, you know, it's a courtesy to others to, you know, do what you can to prevent spreading it. So I yes. think that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Some of these behaviors have become normalized, which may help, right? Claire and I were even talking about this today, um, smiling at people under your mask. Um, and sometimes I even make funny faces under my mask, just because I don't know. So it's going to be definitely an adjustment if we are allowed to ever stop wearing masks to actually start smiling at people again. That's so true. I was thinking about that today. I, I was helping somebody with books at the door and I was trying to extra smile with my eyes and I was yep. scrunching everything up just to to be extra happy and I was like oh my gosh I'm going to look like a crazy person <laughs> I have no mask on I'll be like hey. oh yeah I have to you know regulate my face again <laughs> yep <laughs> put on makeup all over my face if I choose to yeah that's been kind of nice to be honest about the mask that you don't have to be super specific if you don't want to be <laughs> which has kind of been nice all right, 
So I think, thanks for that. Thanks for uh, answering all my questions. We are going to move on to the next portion of our um, podcast, which is what we are reading, watching, and listening to. So um, we're all going to share and we're all going to talk about what we're reading. Sometimes I take two or three books going on at the same time. Sometimes I only have one. So share what you like. Um, but the first one that I have that I want to share with our uh, listeners is by Kristen Higgins. And um, it's called Always the Last to Know. And I picked it up because it came in and a bunch of new books and it had an, I don't know, an interesting cover. And then I realized that the spine label had a romance sticker on it. And I enjoy romance. I, I find that they're good, quick, easy sort of filler reads. And I kind of was looking for one of those, just sort of a feel good vibe type thing. Well, that's not at all what this book is. Uh, this book has a, a very heavy, overarching sense of uh, grief and loss, which I was not expecting at all. Um, this book made me cry. This book made me laugh. Um, I think, I think it sticks out so much because it was pretty much the exact opposite of what I was thinking I was getting into. So um, it it did. It did surprise me that way. It is not a romance. So if anyone picks it up and wants to put it back down because of that romance label, do not. I think it actually should be classed as fiction. So I'm not really sure um, why it got the romance sticker, but it did. And I would give it a hundred stars if I could. And I don't know if that's just because sometimes those books have a way of finding you in your life. Those special books, they just show up and you don't even know you need them. And then you read them and you're like, ah, oh, this was meant for me. This was written just for me. So that book, Always the Last to Know by Kristen Higgins is absolutely that for me. So I highly recommend that and I'd share that with anyone. So, all right, Ainsley, what are you reading these days? Not textbooks anymore. No, and that's actually what I'm going to talk about. So after school finished about a month ago, maybe, um, I, I haven't been reading anything, I have to say. It's been just kind of nice not having, I know it's for pleasure, but it's still just, it, it reminds me of school. And so like hoping, I'm hoping working at the library this summer, I'm gonna get back into it and start reading again. But it's been really nice like lately, just hanging out and not having any textbooks to read or assignments or yeah. Yeah, I feel you there. That's for sure. Sometimes reading is onerous and you don't really want to. I get it. Everyone goes through those. Everyone does. What about you, Claire? What are you reading these days? So I'm currently reading um, a book by Ian Reed, um, and it's called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. And it's about the protagonist um, is on her way to her boyfriend's parents' house. Um, they're driving there together and she's having thoughts of, you know, I need to end this relationship, even though she's actively on her way to meet his parents for the first time. Um, so I'm only 50 pages in right now, so I don't have much I can tell you. I guess that's good because I can't give you spoilers then. Um, but I was hooked on the very first page and it's interesting because you would think, you know, it just 
follows along, they're chatting, she's having doubts, but it's cryptic. There's some mysterious caller that's calling the main character on her phone, but it's showing up as her phone number. And then there's like between each chapter, these there's these little lines of text that's just things like, you know, he was found in this room and there was paint on the floor. And it's very, I'm like not quite sure what's happening, but I it has me very intrigued because I want to keep reading because I'm like, I need to figure this out. And I'm trying to piece it all together in my mind. So I'm very glad that I happened upon this book and that my sister bought it for me because I have been in a reading slump and I'm just like, okay, I got to read this one now. It's because it's so good. So. Oh, that's cool. I've heard of that one, but I have never, I mean, that's the things when you're surrounded by so many books, it's really hard to, (laughs) to know which ones to actually read and which ones not. And then new ones come along and you keep on moving. Well, that's good. I have one more that I was reading as well, and it's called The Barbizon, and it's uh, The Hotel That Set Women Free, and it's a nonfiction piece about the actual true story of this hotel that was built uh, like at end of the 1920s, um, and it became a sort of a, a residential hotel, so people lived there. Um, for women after the war who were sort of disenfranchised with the housewife life. And they said, that's it, I don't want that. What else do I do? And the only other options for women at that time were boarding houses and and maybe not very nice accommodations. So this hotel became a very glamorous and fancy place for women to be who they were without a, a, a marriage partner and um, very fancy and um, uh, notable celebrities have come out of it like uh, Grace Kelly and Liza Minnelli and lots of women that we even know today ha- went through the Barbizon and uh, it's very interesting. I, I recommend it. Um, it's, it's more fact slash historical reading because there's lots of dates and times and, and history bits woven through but it's just an interesting sort of look at how women managed post-war, you know, and, and how they sort of figured some of their stuff out, um, regardless of what was happening around them and what society was telling them that they should do. So kind of a nice little look at maybe feminism historically. So yeah, very good. Moving on to now what we're watching. So we did the reading, we're moving on to watching. So what are you guys watching these days that's exciting and fun? So because I'm Canadian and it seems to be a Canadian thing, you just have to watch hockey. Um, So I luckily am not an Oilers fan. (laughs) I cheer for the Montreal Canadiens. So, I mean, they're not doing much better right now. They're down in their series three to one. So by tomorrow, it could be a completely different story and I could be in the same boat as all the Oilers fans. But for the most part, I've been watching playoff hockey. And then um, when I'm not watching playoff hockey, I'm a really big sitcom person. So lately I've been watching Superstore. And that one's a good time. <laughs> That's a good one. It's funny. It has good moments. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, that's good. Yeah. Hockey is definitely up there too, for me, what I've been watching. Um, I'm a diehard Oilers fan. So it's been a little bit of a sad, 
a sad moment here. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what playoffs are. They're big and they're exciting and then they're over. <laughs> that's the way it is. And I think that's on purpose because then it makes you go outside and do gardening and outside activities now that it's nice. So it seems like it's a rite of passage. It's okay. I'll, I'll get used to it too. <laughs> Um, and for me, what I've been watching is The Handmaid's Tale. I uh, was next in line to get it, and uh, I'm almost done season one and hope to move on to season two. And it's the opposite of sitcoms, right? It is not comedic at all, and it's heavy at times, and uh, it's very interesting. It's very well done. It's very interesting, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be... Um, enjoying it in that way I've read the book I've read I've read the graphic novel that came out um it's just yeah this is just takes you on so much deeper levels so it's I would I would recommend it it's been good but it's heavy it's heavy and hard so if you're not in for heavy and hard don't watch it (laughs) Ainsley what are you watching these days I'm also a big sitcom fan. I think I just finished like my eighth rerun of The Office. Um, <laughs> uh, but right now I'm watching The Crown, which is a, a sitcom, but um, it's still really cool. I, I just got to the Princess Diana part, so that's awesome to watch. Yeah, it is a good one. Hey, it gave me a lot of insight about how things are rolling with them and that whole monarchy and yeah, it's a little mind-blowing, some of the stuff you learn. Yep. Oh, that's good. All right, so then moving on to our last thing, listening. So that could be music, podcasts, audiobooks, whatever, the gamut. So, Claire, what are you listening to? So I'm definitely not a podcast person, must admit. I have never listened to the library podcast because, I don't know, something about sitting and listening to people talk I just like zone out so anyway I just listen to music that's my thing I listen to a wide range of music I have nothing consistent but my favorite songs right now um, I've been enjoying Save Me Now by Arthur Gunn um, 23 by Chase Beckham who just won American Idol if you watch that so I was very happy because I like him And then I also, my mom made a playlist for me a couple months ago and probably like my favorite song on there right now is Oh My God, Whatever, Etc. by Ryan Adams. There's just something about that song that just like hits me really deep, so. That's great. That's so good. Everybody's like quickly writing down all these songs. We gotta check them all out. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's cool. What about you, Ainsley? I occasionally listen to podcasts, but I'm mostly a music person too. Um, I've been listening a lot to Carry Me Out by Mitski. Uh, I often like scream singing it in the car when I'm driving. It's it's really awesome. I think everyone should check it out. Or um, Rainbow Kitten Surprise. They're a band. And I know it sounds like they sing EDM music or some weird wacky stuff, but it's actually like folky and really like it's really cool. Oh, yeah. great. <laughs> That's funny. I love it. I love that you guys are so young and have all these wonderful options to, to throw out there. That's so good. Good for you guys. Oh, and I have to say, I haven't even been listening to anything. 
I, I usually try to get my headphones in while going for a walk and I'll, I'll listen to an audiobook for sure, but I haven't done that lately. So maybe that's my reminder to get back on the, the listening wagon for sure. All right. Well, that's been a wrap for us. It's a wonderful podcast issue. And we got to learn all about Ainsley LaRondell and Claire Stangy and the Summer Reading Club coordinators for the 2021 season. So thanks again, ladies, for joining me. And uh, Claire, I guess you're going to have to listen to this podcast. I'm sorry, but uh, you're going to have to tune in when it goes live. <laughs> yeah, I told my mom we would listen together. So excellent excellent all right well thanks again ladies for joining me and thanks again everybody for listening stay tuned for our next podcast they come out every two weeks ish and uh yeah keep listening and keep uh patronizing your read your public library bye for now okay wow that's great you guys nice